Nobody rats on Little Caesar. See? There it is. Experimental robot 23. He's really something, Professor. I want you to look everywhere for a girl named Janet Corning. Janet Corning. Five feet, five inches, uh, brown hair. Brown eyes and the cutest little dimples you ever saw. Brown eyes and the cutest little... I mean, she has prominent dimples. This is Wisecracks Radio Hour. Join us as we follow quantum scientists Chuck and Wagner through their adventures as they try to get back home to the year 2017 and listen in as they riff on classic radio. Okay, that does it. The Mark patch has been installed, and the fan hailing is due in this afternoon. I'll swing by at lunch and see if it's in yet. If all goes well, we should be able to test it again this week or so. Great. And the iPhone, you know, is completely dead, and the charging system is still locked in our safe at the apartment, so we can't test the machine without that, you know. Yeah, we're going to have to get into that apartment somehow. Let's get to work and knock out a tape first thing before Brumbles comes down and wonders what we've been doing all morning. Okay, and... uh when you go to pick up the fan hailing at lunch, I'll go to the payphone on the corner and call Miss Quinn to see if Dallas has been around anymore. If he's still casing our place, we'll have to get sneaky. Well, we'll worry about that tomorrow. Hand me the next tape and let's get busy. Let's see. Here it is. Uh, oh, it's another suspense. This one's called My Dear Niece. And the producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. Mrs. Rogers was the kind of a lady to whom nothing ever happens. A quiet widow living in a quiet town among quiet friends. But dear Mrs. Rogers hardly expected to become involved in murder when she put that innocent little classified ad in the evening paper. Looking for a man. Listen. Listen then as Miss Lee Patrick stars in My Dear Niece, which begins in just a moment. Welcome, William Bendix. Bendix? Darn near broke it. I check my cold distress the fast way with four-way cold tablets. Yeah, there's four ways to take them. Oral, nasal, a... Four-way, fastest acting of all. Amazing four-way starts in minutes to relieve aches, pains, headache, reduce fever, calm, upset stomach, also overcomes irregularity. Grief, it's a miracle. It's the fast way to relieve those cold miseries. Then you feel better quickly. Four-way cold tablets, only 29 and 59 cents. Oh, so 89. Here's a word about another no, fine product of Grove no. Laboratories. <laughs> yes, you can get rid of embarrassing dandruff while you improve the appearance of your hair. With Fitch Dandruff Remover you're Shampoo. You're a Fitch girl, and you come too far. reaches right down to the scalp, gently, thoroughly. So effective, it's guaranteed to remove itchy dandruff with just one lathering. And yet, Fitch can brighten your hair. Actually make it as much as 35% brighter. 
See, Luminescence. Save electricity with your hair. Remember this about Fit Shampoo. It positively removes dandruff as it definitely acts to brighten your hair. Use it regularly. And now, My Dear Niece, starring Lee Patrick, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. <laughs> My Dear Niece, I'm writing you this letter in explanation of certain recent actions of mine, about which you are probably curious. It's totally normal. that it was upon your advice that I placed the advertisement in our local paper, and you will probably recall its text. Widowed woman, genteel, some secretarial experience, drives own car, desires position of interest with reliable business house. Rattles them pots and pans. Rogers, box 2B, or phone Hilton, 22412. Hello? Jenny? Mrs. Emily Rogers, please. This is she speaking. I'm calling about the ad you ran in yesterday's paper. Oh, yes. Oh, the hunk of love one. A position you'd be interested in, Mrs. Rogers. My name is Bruce. Uh, yes, Mr. Bruce. We're a very small publishing house, Mrs. Rogers. We publish we very short novels. We need the contacts we might wish to make in your part of the country. Oh, uh, you aren't from Hilton, then? No, uh, our offices are in Los Angeles. We'd pay you $50 a week, providing you could use your home as an office. Although there wouldn't be much office work required. And as I say, the position primarily would be one of establishing contacts. Why, it sounds fine, Mr... Bruce. Uh, it sounds fine, Mr. Bruce. Could you see my other ad? Consider yourself under salary, beginning immediately, Mrs. Rogers. I'll phone you again as soon as there's something more definite for you to do. Like make me a sandwich. And that's how I got the job. I assumed, naturally, that I would immediately receive instructions from Mr. Bruce as to how I should go about establishing uh, contacts. I don't even wear contacts. The first word I had after the telephone conversation was when the postman arrived the next Saturday with an envelope for me containing a check for $50. There was no return address on the envelope, and the check was a personal one, bearing no company name. It was signed R.L. Bruce. Also known as R.L. Coolby. Three weeks went by in this fashion. Each Saturday, I would receive the $50 check in the mail, and I began to wonder what I was being paid for when at last I heard from Mr. Bruce. I have your first assignment for you, Mrs. Rogers. I was a book report? Wonder, Mr. Bruce. Getting impatient, were you? <laughs> well, this will keep you busy for a while. Really? Uh, Mr. Paul Stevens will arrive in Hilton this afternoon. He's one of our most promising new authors. Yes. Uh, Mr. Goes Stevens, by the name of Stephen King. To on a novel we plan to publish in a few months. Too many people interrupt him here in Los Angeles. I wonder, could you put him up at your home until he finishes? Up in the what? I don't know. There'll be no bother, Mrs. Rogers. He has an awful lot of work to do. Well, yes, I suppose I could. That's fine. It's just a place for him to get away. Oh, uh, one more thing. Yes? Just so we're sure he's not bothered, don't tell anyone he's staying with you. And don't mind the blood on his clothes when he gets there. When a cloud bursts, plus poetry, fresh clean rain falls on a grove of rich green pine. It's mmm so nice. <laughs> Creepy sounding. And now that same clean scent of pine. They've is been hypnotized. Pine scented Lysol. Right. 
Now the one and only genuine Lysol brand disinfectant comes in a new pine scent. It I wonder if the new pine smells better than the old pine. Does, kills disease germs on contact. In laboratory tests, Lysol's anti-germ action kept working for seven full days. A bottle costs as little as 29 cents, and it's so easy to use. Just add new pine-scented Lysol to your suds when you clean in bathroom, kitchen, nursery, sick room. Sick room? Lysol because Lysol deep cleans. Make your home... Pine, sweet, and Lysol clean. Oh, you can still get regular Lysol, too. And now... Starring Lee Patrick, Act Two of My Dear Niece. That's all I knew of the job, my dear niece. Uh, Mr. Paul Stevens would phone me when he arrived at Hilton, and I was to let him stay at my home until he had finished a novel he was writing. Salem's Lot or some such nonsense. But at least I would be doing something for my pay. It was quite late in the afternoon, almost five o'clock, when the telephone rang. Hello? Jenny? Mrs. Rogers? Uh, this is Mrs. Rogers. Uh, this is Paul Stevens, Mrs. Rogers. Oh, yes, Mr. Stevens. I've been expecting your call. I wonder if you could pick me up. Of course. Oh, that's very kind of you. Uh, where are you? Pittsburgh. I'm in the corner of, um, just a minute. The corner of Brookside and Sierra Madre. Fine. The corner of Brookside and Sierra Madre. I'll be driving a black Buick Coupe. Black Buick Coupe. You, you don't know what I got. Black When I arrived at the corner of Brookside and Sierra Madre, the usually quiet intersection was filled with people, and an ambulance was just pulling away. For all I knew, Mr. Stevens could be in it. What are the odds? The barns and the police car. He would know. Oh, good afternoon, Miss Rogers. Oh, what's happened? Rude. accident a few minutes ago. Who was hit? A man about 35. No identification yet. 35, and he still doesn't have an ID. Okay. Oh, how awful. Yeah. I... Well, uh, I was supposed to meet someone, a gentleman here, uh, uh, Mr. Paul Stevens. I'll be glad to call you when we get an identification on him. Would you? I'd be very grateful. Did you see my ad in the paper? I went slowly back to where I had parked. I was confused and frightened a little that the hit-and-run victim might be Paul Stevens, and if so, how could I get in touch with Mr. Bruce to tell him what had happened to his young author? And would I still get my $50? I started my car. I heard someone tapping on the window. Yes? Mrs. Rogers? Yes? I'm sorry to have kept you waiting. I'm Paul Stevens. Oh, Mr. Stevens, I'm so relieved. Ooh, please get in. I thought you'd been badly hurt to death. Me. I was afraid for a minute it was you. It wasn't me. Oh, please get in. Thank you. Thank you. thought I was going to wash your windows. I was making conversation with Mr. Stevens on the drive home, but he seemed tired and not inclined to talk, and so we drove quietly back to my house. We went inside, and I showed Mr. Stevens to his room, and then went into the living room to tidy up. The telephone rang as I was setting out some ashtrays. What's an ashtray? Hello? Jenny? Hello, Mrs. Rogers, this is Officer Barnes. Oh, yes, Officer, I'm glad you called. I wanted to tell you I that I met Mr... I identification for you. Uh, yes, well, that's what I wanted to tell you, Officer. The name was Paul Stevens, all right. Hey, wait a minute. We had a flyer on him, that's how we I should have checked his ID. He wanted for a payroll robbery. He didn't have any, remember? He wasn't hit by a car, he was thrown from a car. He was murdered. Oh, thrown by who? Murder? Frozen <laughs> with fear. The telephone receiver in my hand, looking at the door to the hallway where the man who had called himself Paul Stevens stood smiling tightly, holding a gun in his hand. A gun that was pointed right at me. Paul has got a gun. Got him bad. 
Paramount. Often on Thanksgiving, we're inclined to eat too much, and the result? Fart City. Indigestion can very quickly spoil a pleasant holiday. So remember this. Do you know about the little white tablet in the little green pocket roll? Let me see that pocket Just roll. waiting for the moment when you need them to bring your acid indigestion under control. Tums are the little white tablets in the little green pocket roll. Let me see that pocket roll. Tums for the tummy. T-U-M-S. Bring relief quicker than you'd ever guess. Best for any kind of acid distress. Keep them handy in the pocket roll. Let me see that pocket roll. Your tummy under Tums control. Get Tums. Ten cents. Three roll pack a quarter. Or get 35 cents. Roll pack with free metal carrier, only 49 cents. Metal carrier was a great festival. And now, starring Lee Patrick, Act Three of Your Niece. Have you any idea, my dear niece, what you do when a man points a gun at you? Run? Well, I'll tell you. You do what he tells you to do. I hung up the phone. Sit down. I sat down, and I said, Who are you? Why did you pretend to be Mr. Stevens? I'm stupid. Nice to what? meet you, stupid. I didn't think they would find out who he was. I didn't know he was hot. Uh, the opposite, actually. <laughs> Very cold at the moment. I killed Paul Stevens. Why? I run a very special kind of publishing business, Mrs. Rogers. That much of the story was on the level. I print, well... Pornographic book. What kind of radio town. drama is this? Well, Tom spelled backwards so is smut. I killed him. Oh, you horrid man. Get your coat on, Mrs. Rogers. You've got some more driving to do. Oh, I'll drive all right. I'll drive you crazy. He made me drive him to a restaurant on the highway out on the other side of town. A place with quite a bad reputation. The Sizzler. For a while, I was trying to remember who he was. I say remember because there was something familiar about him. Like maybe I'd spoken to him on the phone a few times. I couldn't for the life of me think. There there was hardly anyone in the restaurant since it was not yet dinner time. Stop. Dinner time. We at a table when a dark-complexioned man slid into the seat next to the man who wasn't Mr. Stevens. What are you doing here? A buffet special. They found out who he was. Why don't you stay where you were supposed to? She got lonely. Not Stevens. A cop told her. You could stay in the house anyway, couldn't you? Do you have to come out where you could be picked up? Ow! Look! I just told you I was lonely. Mary figures out a foolproof way for you to get rid of a guy and hide out right under the cop's noses and you go louse up the whole deal. It's not loused up yet. It will be if you don't get away quick. Maybe. Oh, uh, I, I don't think you've met Mrs. Rogers. Mrs. Rogers, this is Mr. Al Newholt, who owns this place. Alfred E. Newholt. Look, how the cops find out? How do I do what? He was hot. They had pictures and prints on him. I dumped him on the corner just before I met her. Now I remember. You're Mr. Bruce. Oh, is this a Sherlock Holmes episode? Don't bring me down. He's Mr. Bruce, the man who offered me the job on the phone and asked me to look after Mr. Stevens. That's right, Mrs. Rogers. How did you know? I'm gifted that way. I thought there was something familiar about you, and now I know. Your voice. Al, what are we going to do? The cops know the stiffest Stevens, and she knows who I am. What do we do now? Disneyland? And you get out of here. But I need your help, Al. You're on your own, buddy. And you better get out of here before the dinner crown comes in and somebody maybe recognizes you. The milkshake's here to die for. Okay, yeah, they really bring the boys to the yard. So you won't help me. It's about okay. to get busy. Don't you see that? Yeah. 
Sure. Okay. Let's go, Mrs. Rogers. Uh, where? Back to your house. Start all over again. After that, I'm not sure. But I may have to kill you. So don't be surprised and don't make a fuss. It's half time. Can't can't. He's our man. If he can't filter, no one can. Oh, it's going on. (laughs) Can they advertise cigarettes? They could. They'd wine cigarettes. Break it down. Good. Break it down again. Break it good this time. And now, starring Lee Patrick, <laughs> Act Four of My Dear Niece. May well imagine my fright, my dear niece, as I drove back through town with this bloodthirsty man at my side. Did I mention he was a vampire? You know, and although I often have trouble with it, I never before had the horn stick. But that night it stuck right on the corner of Brookside and Sierra Madre. Stop blowing your horn! Who are you, Joshua Jericho? It's gotten stuck. All right, stop the car. I'll get an Uber. Stay there. Don't try to drive away. See? Fancy. <laughs> See what? Let's get out of here. But what if I need a horn? Who's that? Good evening, Mrs. Rogers. That's Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> Want me to fix that horn for you? No, thank you, Mr. Myers. It's all right. Well, it'll only take me a second to fix it so you can use it. Never mind. Uh, Mr. Myers, this is Mr. Paul Stevens. Kind of. How are you, sir? Yeah. I see you pull them wires to stop the horn. I usually take care of Mrs. Rogers' car myself. <laughs> Makes me feel funny when something goes wrong with it, you know. I'm creepy like I'll that. I'll bring it in, in the morning, Mr. Myers. Yeah, well, no sense you're bothering Mrs. Rogers. I, I'll go along with you now, if you like. Take you home. Not safe driving without a horn. Won't take long to fix it, and I'll have the car back to you first thing in the morning. I believe you said you wanted to show me the town this evening, Mrs. Rogers. You need the car? Well, I, I was I looking forward to the drive. You don't mind. No, of course. Uh, you will pick the automobile up in the morning, Mr. Myers? Uh, sure, of course. Yeah, Thanks sure. for your trouble, Mr. Myers. I'm glad to help. Uh, this is such a little town. We all know each other and like each other. Like to help each other. Uh, that's so, Mrs. Rogers? Yes. Well, good night, Mrs. Rogers. And I'm glad to have met you, Mr. Stevens. Yeah, that's it. Stevens, Paul. He's got a small-town voice. Just a small-town voice. chose me out of all the people who must have placed advertisements that day as the person with whom he would hide out. For by now, I was convinced that Mr. Bruce had deliberately set out to murder Mr. Stevens for some reason and hide out in my house, where the police would be most unlikely to look for him. But why my house? Why had he chosen me? Just lucky, I guess. When we got to the house, Mr. Bruce made me place a long-distance call to Los Angeles for him. It's ringing. All right, give it to me. 
Hello? Jenny? Mary? Bud? Yeah. Bundy? Look, meet me at Al's as soon as you can get here. Something's wrong. What's happened? Are you all right? Yeah, fine. I'll tell you when you get here, and get here fast. All right, Bud. Bundy? Well, you got any pets you want to feed before we leave? Just the serpent. Where are we going? Little trip. Pack your little bags. Don't answer that. It might be the operator calling back. She'll wonder. Okay, answer it. But I'm right here. If you need me, I mean, you know. Hello? Jenny? This is Rogers. This is Officer Barnes. Say, oh, yes, operator. Oh, yes, operator. I didn't say Simon Says. Yes, operator. Stall him a little. We're coming after him. Thank you, you operator. Dear Mr. Myers, he'd understood me, and he told the police, and they were going to save me. Just after they got done playing Roxanne. Imagine, my dear niece, I felt exactly like the heroine in a motion picture. I simply had to prevent Mr. Bruce from leaving the house. Just a few minutes, the officer had said. Just time enough for them to get here. All right, let's get going. I I wish I knew where we were going. Do I have to take anything with me? Will we be gone long? You will. A long time. Like but, forever, but baby. See? Let me see. You won't need anything. Uh, oh, uh, the, the heater. The what? I, I left the heater on in the other room. I'd better turn it off. All right. But make it fast. Well? I can't find it. It's normally on the wall. Now look in here. Now I, I feel better about it. Okay. Now, you ready? Yes. Now I'm ready. Oh, wait. I forgot to feed the serpent. turned off the light and opened the front door. It was quiet on the street, peaceful and dark. Just like his mind. I thought for a minute that I saw a figure move suddenly toward us in the shadow. I kept praying. I wanted the police to be there, not only for myself, but because back there in the living room, the pieces of the puzzle had fit together. Oh, I don't know she's working on a puzzle. The whole story, all of the whys and hows. And the who's and what's, but not the where's. To me to go ahead, and I walked slowly down the path toward the automobile. I could feel Mr. Bruce a few steps behind me. Midway in the walk, it happened. Hold him high, Bruce. What? Get out. Hold what? There you. Right. Right, you all right? Uh, Yeah. I'm all right. Thank you. I'm all right. Just a flesh wound. Not dead yet. And there it is, my dear niece. The explanation I promised you. I felt as your aunt that I should tell you, Mary, how you happened to be in the county jail awaiting trial. When Mr. Al in the roadhouse first mentioned your name, I I was suspicious. But not until Mr. Bruce made the phone call to you did I piece the story together. You had suggested the advertisement. Your husband answered it and employed me. Oh, if only you'd my told me, dear my niece, dear, you that you got married while you were in Los Angeles. After all, I am your only living relative, and I could have come to your wedding. Hmm. Then this whole thing wouldn't have happened, would it, dear? Because I would have known Mr. Bruce all the time. No, only Let some me of the know time. After the trial, what your new address is to be, and I will continue writing, as always. Aunt Emily. She'll always be your aunt. Break it down. Play that country to the cowboy. Suspense. Uh-oh.
in which Lee Patrick starred in William N. Robeson's production of My Dear Niece, written by Elliot Lewis. I thought it was written by Mrs. Mark, Rogers. The names of the supporting players and a word about next week's story of suspense. More families, far more families, use X-Lax than any other laxative. Other than black in coffee and brand muffins. Doctors recommend trusted X-Lax for youngsters as well as adults. X-Lax is the preferred laxative for one important reason. <laughs> X-Lax helps you I toward your normal regularity. Gently, overnight. You see, X-Lax <laughs> in the middle of the night. You want the gentle way that nature wants, without upset, without discomfort. When you take chocolated X-Lax at night, it does not disturb you. I had my driveway chocolate just last summer. so effective <laughs> that the next morning you'll be well on your way toward your normal regularity. Seldom, if ever, will you need X-Lax the next day. Little wonder that of all the laxatives made today, tablet, powder, or liquid, X-Lax is the most popular. So the next time, any time that you or any member of your family needs a laxative, Make that laxative, pleasant-tasting, chocolated X-Lax. Is chocolate even a word? Chocolate. <laughs> Supporting Lee Patrick in My Dear Niece were Lillian Bayef, Barry Kroger, Barney Phillips, Jack Crucian, and Norm Alden. Let's grab some lunch in the cafeteria, and then we'll run over and see if the Van Halen is in yet. Yep, and I'll call Miss Quinn. I wonder what they're serving in the cafeteria today. You told me to tell you not to get the meatloaf, so yeah, don't get gross. that if, they, if they've still got it. Plus, we need to start thinking about more power for the machine. I wanted to talk to you about that earlier. We jumped from 1947 to 1957 with only the batteries we had back then. And the newer batteries of today should give us some sort of a boost, but we really are just going to need more juice. Well, I've been working on that. I've got the math worked out, and I'm trying to come up with a solution. Let's talk about it over lunch. I'm starving. Wisecracks Radio Hour is written and produced by Aaron Lindsay and Sean Rourke. Dr. Charlie is played by Aaron Lindsay. Dr. Wagner is played by Sean Rourke. Mr. Brumbles is played by Craig Underhill. And I'm your announcer, Lori Lindsay. Please connect with us on social media. Our Twitter handle and Facebook ID is Wisecracks Radio. Our website is wisecracksradio.com. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for another exciting episode. Please review us wherever you find your podcasts. Darn it. Okay, that does it. The March Pat. Jeez, I'm already (laughs) screwing up. Start again. Okay, closing scene. Is is Miss Quinn's name Martha? Yeah. I put that in there for you. I love that. Yeah, because I had I had a uh, Bonnie. I had Miss Tyler for Bonnie Tyler. Oh, yeah. I love Bonnie Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> and then I thought, well, now Sean needs something. <laughs> I love Martha. Martha, I know. Martha and I are like. This. I know you are. That's why <laughs> so I did that. Funny. All right, ready? Yeah. Closing scene and scene.